Let's look ahead to Friday. There are 10 games on in the NBA. Injury updates, streaming updates, waiver wires, whatever. You know what we're doing, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and just once I'd like things to spiral into control. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That is jasemedical.com. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. You know that I want you to be a double banger. I want you to watch the video. I want you to listen to the audio. I want you to do all the peripheral things over on YouTube, the thumbs up, all that sort of stuff. But something different for you to do today. I have posted it already, but I'll do a live announcement in the show. We've got the trade deadline show ready to roll. Thursday, February 8th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. One and a half hours, 90 minutes before the NBA's trade deadline live show on YouTube. That video is pinned at the top of the YouTube channel. Um, you can just go search that. I want you to go in there and give that an early bird thumbs up. I want you to bookmark it. I want to put it in your calendars. I want to hit like, if I can hit like 300 likes on that before we even go live, that would be sick. If we could hit a thousand, actually, that'd be great of people just pre-liking it, getting ready for the show and getting it out there to more people. We are, it is, and there are already people in that chat room going, hey, why are you doing this in a month's time? Because that's when the trade deadline is. That is a show as the trade deadline happens. I'll do some more tradey sort of stuff happening leading up to it. I'm not a big, let's trade, speculate and go and stash these guys a month in advance, maybe a week or so unless something really clear appears. And I haven't seen anything really clear appear from a trade perspective at this point to, to really do that. Last year was probably a bit of the exception where we think we nailed three out of four stashes in that situation. But that trade deadline show is ready to go. Thursday, February 8th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Go and pre-like it. It'd be great if you could do it. All right, let's talk about what we need to talk about for today. Because we are looking across at February, February, Jesus Christ, no, so it's Friday, January the 12th, uh, 10 games in the NBA, uh, a relatively busy schedule, you might have space to stream, you might not have space to stream, but let's have a look what we need to pay attention to in terms of some injuries, and there are some important ones here as there usually are, DeAndre Hunter remains out for the Atlanta Hawks. I um, don't know when he is coming back. Oh, the Pelicans just dropped an injury report, which is annoying because there's a lot of guys on it, but they just did that. Uh, Cade Cunningham remains out. Dylan Brooks is out. I'm going to guess Tari Eason's out, and I think they're both going to be out for at least a week or so. That'll factor into one of our stream guys on Houston later on. We got the update again that Joel Embiid is out. Not good. Knee swelling. Mm, not good at all. Don't know how much it's to do with the fact that he stayed in that blowout game to get his 30 and 10 run going, but whatever. Bob Covington remains out. This is why, like, I know Paul Reed only played like 19 minutes last game. You just hold on to him until Embiid is back. Think like the Andre Drummond situation, but not as gaudy counting stats. You just hold on to Reed, I think, until Embiid is back here. Um, Derek Rose remains out for Memphis. 
Marcus Smart is obviously out. We've got that news today. Me and Dan Titus addressed that earlier in the mailbag show, so you can go and hear our thoughts on that there. Uh, Franz Wagner's out. John Isaac's out. Gary Harris is out for Orlando. But some of their other guys who had been out, like Joe Ingles, he's off the injury report, which we'll cover a little bit later. I'm guessing that Draymond Green is not playing for the Warriors. I haven't got official confirmation on that, but it doesn't. Th- I don't think that he'll be there. I also guess that LaMelo Ball will be out, but I do think there is a chance that the ball is back sometime soon. But with this dickhead franchise, like, who knows? Gordon Haywood remains out. Mark Williams remains out. Jakob Pertl remains out. Jimmy Butler is... Um, I think he's actually been ruled out, or was he doubtful? I think he's actually officially... Been, no, no, he is doubtful, so that's better than being ruled out. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is doubtful for the game on Thursday. The Blazers have a back-to-back, so I'm going to list him currently speculatively doubtful for Friday. Um, but who knows? He, he might make his return in, into Friday's game. Just not sure about that one at this point. We got some updates on some Pelicans guys, which is really interesting. CJ McCollum, questionable with an ankle problem. Brandon Ingram, questionable with an Achilles issue. Zion Williams, question, Williamson, sorry, Williams, Jesus Christ. Zion Williamson, questionable with a quad issue. They just went through and spanked the Warriors. But what is important to know is that that is a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Trey Murphy also questionable with a knee issue. So I don't know which game these guys are going to sit, but I am guessing that all four of those guys, McCullum, Ingram, Zion, and Murphy, all sit one of the two games against the Nuggets and the Mavericks here on the road. I'd be pretty surprised if they played through them, but who knows? We will we will find out. But that just came through now. Clint Capella did miss the last game for the Hawks, but he has been upgraded to um, probable in that situation. So that is a, uh, I guess it's a W there for him to, to return. It's not great for the value of old mate um, Anyeka Okongwu. Trey Young's also popped up as probable on the injury report for the Hawks. Jalen Smith is questionable. He missed the last game. I'm just checking actually whether there was any update. Yeah, no, he is officially questionable now. So we got that one. Isaiah Stewart, I was listing questionable, but they've actually upgraded him to probable. So um, Stewart is going to be back on Friday. Jaron Jackson, we haven't had the official update yet on Jaron for this game. He was uh, he missed the last one with his um, knee issue. Same with Santi Aldama. So I'm listing them both questionable at the moment. Um, Kyle Lowry was downgraded to doubtful, so I wasn't sure on him. Caleb Martin was actually upgraded to questionable, so his return must be coming sooner. That's a good good thing. Wendell Carter is officially questionable, although this is a first of a back-to-back for the Magic, so I'm guessing that Carter and Marco Fultz don't play in both of these games. Jabari Walker is questionable currently for Thursday's game, so I, th- you know, I would guess with a knee issue, he's probably not going to play in both, so I'll put him questionable here. Paul Washington Jr., um, questionable for the Hornets. We don't have an update on that officially. Cody Martin, similarly, he's missed, uh, missed the last couple of games with a questionable tag there. I did have Victor Wembenyama as questionable because this is a back-to-back for the Spurs. He is off the injury report, though, for Friday. So I just knew he wasn't going to play one of the two games, so I put him questionable. So he is off on Friday, but that means he... Sorry, he is playing on Friday, off the injury report on Friday, but Wembenyama will likely sit on Saturday now. So if you're going to go for Mr. Trojan, Domi Barlow, then the value there is great for Saturday with lower volume games on as well. Um, Don Barlow really looking pretty strong in that spot and even, even Mama Kalish really. We don't have the update yet on Pascal Siakam. They played pretty late yesterday, so that won't probably come for a little bit of time. 
but he missed the last game, so we're going to put him questionable. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert both missed the last game for the Wolves. Conley's was a back-to-back rest, so I'm pretty confident he plays. I'm also relatively confident that Gobert plays, and I think that the rest, it was just a rest situation for him. I think they will list Gobert as questionable, so they don't get the draw the ire of the NBA's your policing of injuries situation, but I'm fairly certain he will play. We don't have an official update on the Gobert situation yet. As I said, Joe Ingles is back. For the Magic and Cole Anthony, they said he was dealing with a quad issue. He played like five minutes or six minutes or something last game, but he is not on the injury report. So I guess um, that he is ready to go and we're rock and rolling there with old mate Cole Anthony. We've got a bunch of teams that got the Friday, Saturday back-to-back. So if you do have the room to stream someone in on Friday, consider getting someone from these nine teams who play on the combination. It's a huge amount of teams. So you've got Atlanta and Chicago. I would watch. I don't think Levine and Vooch are in danger, but you never know. Um, watch for Capella with the back-to-back. Warriors and Rockets. I think the Warriors should be all right, and maybe Draymond plays one of them. Rockets should be okay as well. Grizzlies and Pelicans, you got to worry there about Jaron and Santi, whether they play or not. Nice Saunas back-to-back, that's a risk. Pelicans, we already detailed that they're four guys who are probably only going to play one game across this two-game period, which means Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, um, Larry Nance even. Like Valanciunas's value is going to spike in these two games too. So some bump-ups there. The Magic, Fultz isn't going to play both. Wendell Carter's not going to play both. Ingles might coming off an ankle sprain, but not, not certain on that. Even Cole Anthony, we've got to watch for his thigh issue. The Spurs, well, we know Wembenyama's going to sit one of those games, so that one's sort of decided. And then the Jazz, I, I don't think there'll be any problems there, but there's always a risk of a Lowry market and rest on a back-to-back. So there is a lot that can change here, especially for Saturday's action. Hopefully, before I do Saturday's look-ahead show tomorrow, we get some um, clarification on that, but there is a lot of different situations that could be an issue for us. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. According to the FDA, and we've all experienced this in our lives, maybe not all of us, but some of us have, there is a uh, supply issue for a lot of medications. It's hard to get stuff shipped around the world. There are over demands for certain medications, including even basic stuff like amoxicillin, one of the most commonly prescribed antibiotics. But sometimes you need antibiotics, like right now, right here. And that's what the Jace case provides. Gives you access to five life-saving antibiotics, other stuff as well. But you can have that at home and be prepared in the case that, in which case, there you go, pun for you guys at Jace case. Um, in the case that you need that in an emergency situation, whether that is a bacterial respiratory tract infection, sinusitis, a skin infection. You wouldn't use amoxicillin for a skin infection, but other antibiotics, absolutely. And those things can progress really quickly. Uh, UTIs, STIs. Do you call them STIs or STDs in America? I don't know. I just call them something that I'm avoiding. Anyway, with the Jace case, you've got those five antibiotics and you can have them at home. You go and Complete your physician encounter. It gets reviewed by that board certified physician. The medications get dispensed by a licensed pharmacist or licensed pharmacy with a qualified pharmacist. And they get those medications delivered and dispensed to you at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com. Use the offer code locked on for $20 off your order. Okay. Let's um, let's have a look at what we need to have a look at now in terms of streams of the day. This is for Friday. Those Pelicans one could really throw things off at the moment, and I just don't know who's going to be in or out, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're not going to sit all four guys on one day, so maybe some out Friday, some out Saturday, which will complicate some of this stuff. At the moment, I've got Alex Caruso as a 10-team stream of the day. For the 12s, I'm going with Goga Badadze. Um, even if Wendell Carter doesn't play, I think there's value in streaming in Goga there. Andrew Nempard, I know he didn't play particularly well, but he had 26 minutes. He had five assists. He had some steals. He took shots. They just didn't go in. And in a 14-team league, like he's available still like 80-plus percent of leagues. 
That's an absolute no-brainer to me. The 16-teamer is Chris Dunn because he's just doing a lot of stuff. He gets big assists, he steals, he blocks. He's playing 24 minutes. The Jazz are absolutely killing, and it's partly because of him. So he is an absolute no-brainer 16-teamer, a no-brainer 14-teamer as well. And I think there's actually 12-team stream value at the moment for Chris Dunn. For Yahoo and ESPN points, it probably is Alex Caruso. It's a debate between him and even like a Killian Hayes, which is how disgusting the point streaming situation is. Although there are going to be certain situations where guys are available in your points league that don't meet my meet my cutoff, like a Sadiq Bay who's like fifty five percent rostered or whatever, which you know is above the forty five. But if he's there, like that's a much better stream. You just have a look at your waiver wire to see who's available, remembering what my cutoffs I use here are forty five percent for the points league cutoffs, and that's why Alex Crusoe comes out on top in that spot. So what's on my radar? Sacramento and Philadelphia is the first game. Keegan Murray's put together a really strong string of games the last couple. His usage is up, which is important. He's shooting the lights out. He's getting some defensive stats. We know the pattern for Murray has been bad shooting, hot streak, bad shooting, hot streak. When does it tip? Because when it tips, it usually looks pretty bad. Um, Keegan is clearly a must-roster player. How you value him depends on a number of things, how much you care about turnovers and how much you care about consistency because he might be the 60th best player if you count turnovers. Or he's like 90th if you don't include turnovers or he has a run where he's 180th. Like It's all over the shop with that. His role is obviously really secure, but we just want to see more consistency from him. Well, for the Sixers, really low minutes from DeAnthony Melton last game. Was that a minutes limit thing? Was that just a Nick Nurse deciding to change the rotation up thing? I don't know, but we're going to find out, aren't we? Because he was playing like 36 minutes a night before that back injury failed him. And then he came and played 21 in an overtime game. Seems a little incongruous. In terms of streams, Trey Lyles is probably the Sacramento one. We don't know. I didn't know. I actually should have included him on the list. I forgot to do it. Fan of Pants is questionable with an ankle problem for the Kings. If he is out, they'll start Chris Duarte and you will avoid Chris Duarte. I would be more interested in them playing Colby Jones, to be honest, but... Yeah, that's not going to matter for most of us. Trey Lyles is probably the stream there. Uh, if Herder was available, I would consider a stream of him and then Harrison Barnes also, although his minutes are in the toilet at the moment. And for the Sixers, it's pretty obviously Paul Reed, I think, even though you might get the frustrations of Reed. I think in five of his last six starts, he's played 25 minutes and he's been relatively useful in most of that. There's always going to be a foul trouble issue there, but I think he's just worth having. The Pacers and the Hawks. I do want to see um, Benedict Matherin, who we know what he can do. Right, There can be the scoring games. Like last game, I think he had, what, 18 points? But it might be on 33% shooting with two rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero threes. And that's really, really empty. It's much better for points leagues. For category leagues, it's okay, but he still just remains a back-end guy. But what I want to watch is, what does it, can it change? Not sure. For the Hawks, and Kongwu. Capella out last game, Kongwu great. But the game before, they played together a lot. So are we going to go back to that again? Are we going to see Capella and Kongwu together? Can a can a sit at 25 a night irrespective of Capella? That's an important thing to look at. In terms of streams, Nempart is available in a lot of spots. I don't know. McConnell's still the guy that I want, but now he's up over 50% rostered. So Nempart is a guy that I'm still looking at there. And then for Atlanta, they've got the worst streaming options in the NBA. So let's just try with uh, Dr. Glenn Rivers. Of course, that's not someone we're streaming in. Houston-Detroit, the battle of the two formerly shit franchises as Houston goes to take on the currently shit franchise, the Detroit Pistons. Cam Whitmore, no Brooks. No Eason. Whitmore has been awesome. He played minutes over. Jay Sean Tate, he played minutes over Jalen, uh, not Jalen Green, Jeff Green last game, and he looked great. If we get a 35-minute game, not 30, sorry. If we get a 25-minute game from Cam Whitmore in this one, again, I'm in. I'm already in as a, as a prospect. I'm already in as a, hey, let's get ahead of it, understanding that it is going to be hard to get enough of that when Eason and Smith are back. But, like... The opportunity is right here at the moment, and I'm interested to see what he could cook this Pistons team. For the um, for the Pistons, I did a bit of Piston bashing yesterday. 
I also talked about him on the podcast, and maybe it was a little bit hard talking about uh, a little bit a little bit too hard on Jalen Duran, saying that I was a bit worried about his defense. Now I still stand by the fact that if you have a chance to draft a generational big man, you do it, and you don't worry that Jalen Duran is there. I think he can be a serviceable center. Again, I think people I really like Jalen Duran, but I, someone took offense that I said that he could be a, a peak clinker Pala with uh, more passing upside. That's a bloody good player. Like, Kunkapala is a bloody good player, and he was a really good player. And adding passing to it makes you an even better player. Like, but where does Jalen Duran get better than that? Can he stretch? Can he shoot? Can he be a usage guy? Can he be a hub? No, I don't think he can be any of those things. And I have been a little bit worried about him defensively. He looks out of position so often. Um, but it, it is. He's extraordinarily young. I think he just turned 20. I think he just turned 20. So he's really, really young. Like, he's younger than, like, rookies, Amen Thompson, Asar Thompson, uh, Brandon Miller. He's younger than all those guys. So I was probably a little bit harsh on him, but I still don't know that he's going to be this generational high-end big man. I think he's going to be a very good big man who probably, let's say even Jarrett Allen. Can you beat Jarrett Allen in his career? Is that a bad thing? Don't know. Don't know. Anyway, I want to see it. I was a bit harsh on him, I think. But let's see. I want to see some of this defensive stuff again. Uh, streamers, it is Whitmore. Yep, like I just, I just, I want this. I want to will it because I'm really excited to see what he's bringing. And then Killian Hayes, if you need assist, he's excellent at it. If you want turnovers, then he's going to give you a lot of those as well. He's not, he's not usually that bad at turnovers, but he can get some steals. Sometimes he goes off with his scoring, but if you're relying upon that, then absolutely good luck to you. The Clippers and the Grizzlies, Zubats continues to be pretty strong. Look, he's just sort of rock solid at the moment. The partnership with Harden's working well. And honestly, the Clippers team, there's just not a lot to talk about. The Grizzlies team is the opposite. There's a million things to talk about. I don't know if Jaron or Santi are going to play. Will Tillman start? He's going to have to, I'm guessing, unless they go with Tillman or Jackson and Aldama. Um, do they play 30 minutes of Tillman? Because there's literally no other center here. You can't even get Snack Randolph out there because he plays for the Sixers. So who the hell is... Is he going to play 40 minutes if Jaron and Santi are out? I Honestly, who else is going to play? So I think that it's a really strong spot for Tillman, but I still don't... Taylor Jenkins has hated him all season. So we want to see how this all plays out. Of course, we want to see also what happens with Marcus Smart out and the point guard spot. I'm just guessing that Bain starts and then we get Vince Williams, Luke Kennard... Yeah, Jaron and Tillman, but that's going to be highly dependent on whether Jaron plays, and then they'd go to some spud like David Roddy in that position otherwise. Um, Norman Powell is always the stream on the Clippers, and Tillman is the guy in Memphis, although you know, I, I could have had seven guys here. Kennard, Tillman, Vince Williams, all worth 12-team streams. Uh, could have thrown in Zaire Williams for deeper formats as well. Yeah, Santi, if he plays, like, there's just a million different things because honestly, that roster is disgusting. And trying to figure out the 240 game with them is really hard because not that there's too many guys to give minutes to. It's like, who is actually, who's good enough? Like John Concha might step up. That is, he might start and play 30 minutes, John Concha, have seven points, 12 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, which is actually good as well. John Concha is like worse than Vince Williams. So that team remains like, like uh, just confusing. I was about to drop a uh, my old remember my old little John drop for um John Concha. I was about to like manually do it. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just you against the numbers. Instead of going up against thousands of different people in tournaments, against pros with spreadsheets, algorithms all the time in the world to take your money, you just go in and take prize picks as money because they chuck up player projections, whether it's points or rebounds or it's fantasy points or threes or steals, whatever. They chuck it up, you look at it and you say, hmm, more or less. You do two to six of those into an individual entry and you can win up to 25 times your money back. For those of you who need a calculator on it, 10 bucks in, 250 out. 
if you hit all six of the over-unders on those player projections. So, really easy to do. They've also got the reboot policy. If your player gets hurt in the first half, doesn't come back in the second, this is for basketball and football, well, your player gets rebooted. It's fine. It doesn't kill your uh, entry. No other daily fantasy sports platform offers injury insurance like that, so you don't have to go onto Twitter begging them to void a bet because someone got hurt. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The promo code is LockedOnNBA, and you get a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get through the rest of this because there's obviously a lot happening here. The next game we take a look at is the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat. Um, I want to watch Jalen Suggs because he's turned into an unbelievably good defensive player who is still mightily underrepresented in fantasy leagues. He just needs to be rostered in all spots. Uh, Fultz is still going to be pretty limited, so I just want to see Suggs go at it again. And for the Heat, I want to see what happens with little Chungus Nikolajovic. There is no Lowry and there is no Butler, so that enables Huckers' minutes to push up. But there is a potential return of Caleb Martin. So what happens when Caleb Martin plays? How does Caleb Martin, Huckers, um, Highsmith, and Jovic all work together? Jovic has been great the last couple of games. Is it real? Does it stick? I'm not convinced. We'll find out. For streaming, I do like Gogo there in Orlando, although Wendell Carter, if he returns, does limit it somewhat. And then for the Heat, Kevin Love would be the guy that I'd stream in over Jovic. I just feel more confident in Love's overall role and his production level. But they continue to be a banged-up team who is all over the shop in terms of minutes and production. The Blazers and the Wolves is the next game. This is a back-to-back for Portland. For Minnesota, Towns was great last game with no Gobert out. And after I featured him as the actual headline picture on the buy low, sell high two weeks ago, he's been really bloody good. So he's picked it up massively since then. Uh, let's see if it continues. Let's see if we can get some more defensive stats in. But the usage, the shooting, it's all been awesome for Towns. So let's continue to watch that. In terms of streams, Dwap Wreath probably... But if Aiton plays, what is his role? I don't love Reith as a... He's not a must-hold player by any stretch. I think if Jabari Walker plays, that will have an impact on Reith. But I just want to see. Like, he, he is probably worth a stream. But we'll find out more today. And then for the Wolves... I would be streaming the shit out of Kyle Anderson if Gobert is out, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, obviously, Nas Reed as well. But Anderson is just probably that guy in a deeper format you can take a squiz at. The next one, holy shit, the Warriors and the Bulls. The Warriors, man... If they get cooked by the Bulls, then they are, they're obviously washed already, but they are in real trouble. I want to see what they do with Pajemski because I can't trust what happens. Does he start? Does he start the game? Does he start the second half of a game that he started the first half? Does he come off the bench in the first half and start the second half? His production's been down. His role's all over the place. I don't blame him for being um, all over the shop with what's been happening. So we want to watch what he does. And then how what, what happens with like Moses Moody, for example, who's had 21 points in each of the last two games. For the Bulls, it's Patrick Williams, who's moved to the bench now, and he's back to being a bust. And that's cool. We go on and move on. For the Warriors, I am streaming Jack, Jackson Davis. He doesn't seem to be impacted that much, whether he starts or not. He gets his 24 to 27 minutes. He's like a top 100 player, and he continues to do it. Yes, when Draymond returns, it will have an impact on him for sure. Well, how much of an impact, I don't know. But I, I like him as a hold for now. And then Caruso, we've already talked about him as a, as a pretty strong stream guy for the Bulls. For the Hornets and the Spurs, I want to see what happens with Nick Smith. We don't expect Lamelo here or Haywood here, maybe no Cody Martin either. And he started the second half of the last game over Bryce McGowan's because let's be fair, he's got way more upside than McGowan's. And I wouldn't say he played particularly well. But getting that role after being in the G League for the first two months of the season, that's a pretty common thing that the Hornets do. So let's watch him. Is he going to work his way into a six-man role permanently on this team? I wouldn't put it past him. 
He's one to watch. For the Spurs, speaking of off the bench, the horse, Keldon Johnson, is coming off the bench. Honestly, on a, on a real NBA team, this is his role. He can be really frustrating with his fantasy game overall, but let's just see what his minutes are because there's a difference between 29 and 34, clearly, because you know we know numbers. And let's see how his game changes because it seems to have changed a little bit moving to the bench. More high usage, less efficiency, lower peripherals. Is that what's going to hold? In terms of streams, we just keep rolling Big Dick Nick out until Mark Williams returns, whenever that is. And then for the Spurs, Jeremy Sohan. He's not a guy that we have to... He's very much the Spurs Norm Powell, like a guy that you don't have to roster him, but every time the Spurs come around and you go, oh, I guess Sohan's worth an ad. Like that's sort of where he is. And that again, you could say, well, why wouldn't I just hold him? Because him in that roster spot, if you can get five games out of that roster spot versus holding him for a three-game week or a four-game week, you much prefer the five. But every time that the Spurs games comes up, you use him and you bring him in. That's sort of where I'm sitting with him at the moment. Limited upside, but enough to always be on that stream zone uh, type area. The Toronto Raptors and the Utah Jazz. We saw a pretty disappointing game last time out for Scott Barnes. Low usage. We've seen the rebound numbers drop a little bit. We've seen the role change. We've seen trying to adapt to um, uh, the you know, Steph Curry version of um, RJ Barrett uh, and Emmanuel Quickly in this lineup. We knew there was going to be some sort of a squeeze with some usage with those two guys coming in. Let's see how he responds. Or does he hover around 21 usage instead for the rest of the season? That, that would be a bit of the worry. And the rebound rate. That's what we've got to watch. Obviously, I want to see RJ Barrett continue to be a 60% shooter to make me look like I'm the dumbest idiot in the world. Um, But we'll see. Maybe RJ goes back and has a 33% shooting night with 60% from the line and has 14-1-1. I don't know. Who's to say? We'll find out. I also want to watch Walker Kessler for the Jazz. More so his minutes because he was hovering around like 23-24 and it wasn't great, but it was fine. But now he's like like 18-17-21 and that's not ideal. That's pushing him outside the top 100 in that little time frame. We're still holding Walker Kessler everywhere, but they're having a unbelievable run of success. They're doing it by running through this combination of Markinen and Collins, uh, Fontecchio spacing and Linux, and they don't need Kessler for these bigger minutes. So you can't come out and criticize uh, Will Hardy and say that he's a terrible coach because he's not developing Walker Kessler because what they're doing is winning. It's helping these other teams. And you might say they might not need to win, but they've got so many draft picks. And Tony Jones, the athletic guy who... who yeah, the athletic guy sounds wrong. It doesn't sound like the right thing. The guy that works for the athletic who covers the Jazz and a little bit of the Nuggets said this last season as well. He's like, the Jazz, the aim for the season and for this season, and David Locke said this too, is that there's no clear mandate to tank here. David was, when I talked to him as well, he's like, I don't know what their lineup's going to be because I don't know which direction they're going to go, but they're not setting out with a negative tank direction. They are trying to come in and win, and Will Hardy's the best uh, top 10 coach in the NBA, and they're winning. So they're not the only way they do it is like if they did what Danny Ainge did last season and said, yeah, bro, all you guys are going to go. And that that might happen, but there's not as many assets left. I guess there's a little bit. There's a Clarkson, there's Sexton, there's a Linux, there's Colin, actually, there's quite a bit. So we'll see what they do. But all that's to say is that Hardy's doing a great job, and... I'm not actually sure, like, what is the development of Walker Kessler? Like, what's what's the thing he needs to be out there for more? We'll find out. Long-winded way to say, let's watch Walker Kessler. I am going to stream Thad Young as an option there. He's still available in a lot of spots, rightfully so, because we saw last game, which is probably the more realistic thing, like 24 minutes, 8 points. But who knows? Like, I also thought Chris Boucher would be useful, and he was obviously terrible because he's an overrated real-life player, and even with two players out, his minutes went down. Not a likely scenario that you see when two players uh, are out, but that could happen. 
I don't even know if I mentioned earlier, but Pascal Siakam is still questionable for this game because we don't have an update on it yet. And Chris Dunn, I think he's probably is a very very worse 14-team streamer and probably a 12, especially when you're looking for some defensive stats. Like, would I prefer to have Chris Dunn over Killian Hayes? Probably. Probably would. I was going to say Hayes probably gets him more assists, but Dunn had 13 of them two games ago. So I probably would look at Dunn in that scenario more. The Pelicans and the Nuggets. Herb Jones was really good last game. I don't know how fully I trust that, but he was really good. But there's a lot that can change with the Pelicans team, as we saw with all those questionable tags that popped up. If you didn't see it, I didn't even have it on graphic because it happened just as I was hitting record. CJ McCollum, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. Like four big, big usage players. So players are going to step up and they are going to, I would say all of those guys miss one of those games with Murphy and Zion definitely missing one, 100% missing one of those games of the Friday, Saturday. So Herb is one to watch, who had a really strong game in a, in a huge blowout, obviously, but he was great. For the Nuggets, Michael Ponder's struggling. The shot's not going in, his usage is down, his minutes are a bit all over the place. I believe he's going to turn it around, but let's see. In terms of streams, well, it could be a million guys. I've got Larry Nance there, but Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, uh, Alvarado, who was actually DMP last game, which was weird. So a lot of guys could step up into that role. For the Nuggets, their streaming options aren't much. It's Reggie Jackson or Christian Brown, really, who can step into that situation. In terms of two-for-ones, Friday through Saturday, quite a few different names here. We've got Alex Caruso, Goga Badadze, Cole Anthony, with the expectation, again, that Wendell and Markel sit one of these two games. Um, Kelly Linick, Jeremy Sohan, Chris Dunn, but there's a lot of different options, especially with ones that might crop up in your lens there. If you want to get chunky, we're going to go Friday through Tuesday, the next five days. The higher volume days are the 10-game Friday and 11-game Monday, which I think that's Martin Luther King Day, I'm pretty sure. So that's that day that all NBA fans love. I actually don't love it as much because the game starts so early here. They start at like 3 a.m. I was like, I'm not getting up at 3 a.m. So it's a lot of catch-up for me when I wake up that day. But anyway, you guys in the States, you can have this one. Um, so we're looking at Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday as the streaming days. Lou Dort's got the Saturday-Tuesday combination probably one of the better ones out there. Uh, Eric Gordon's got the two games Sunday, th- Tuesday. Norman Powell, Sunday, Tuesday. Leaky Beasley's got the weekend back-to-back, which we've been talking about all week. That's an interesting one. Trey Lyle's got the Sunday, Tuesday, and the Pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy, he's got the Sunday, Tuesday combo as well. So quite a few little chunky moves there, but no one plays the three Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday in terms of streaming. Tuesday's a very low-volume three-game day. There is a ton of teams who are in the mix or the midst of a big, big, busy schedule. Five games in eight days, Friday through Friday. Hawks, Warriors, Pacers, Heat. The Heat, very important with Lowry and Butler there. Like how much is, like I know Butler, they said he's probably going to come back one of the games across their back-to-back, which I think is Sunday, Monday. Um, so Butler's going to play in one of those. But you know, there's going to be care care there. Warriors, big load here. What do they do? The Hawks, Capella and his Achilles. We've got to be careful there. The Pelicans, well, obviously we're seeing some rests coming up in the next couple of games. So they're going to watch that. The Magic, Wendell Carter, Marco, Marco Fultz, John Isaac. How are they going to go with this heavy load? The Spurs, how do, what does this mean for Wembenyama? It means the minutes restriction is staying in place 100%. And then there's the back-to-backs. And the Jazz, I think, will be okay, but you never know. Stuff can always crop up there. If we're going to look at 10-team um, stream options here, for Friday, Alex Caruso there. Timothy John McConnell still like 40% available. I'd be adding him. Jalen Suggsy Suggs is still 35% available. Nick Richards still like 60% available. Paul Reed's like 80% available. And Goga Badadze is about 70 or 60% available as well. A lot of real value there for those guys on Friday. For 12-teamers, um, Nempard and Thad Young are both 80-plus percent, and they're right at the top here. Killian Hayes. I've got Sticks Jalen Smith there, who is questionable. I don't know whether he plays or not. But if he is out, we could put Obi Toppin in. Otherwise, I would look at Jalen. 
Jeremy Sohan, talked about him already. Pat Williams, you might stream, but you've obviously got a lot more other options you can consider. For deeper leagues, I've got Xavier Tillman, and you can throw like the, the Vince Williams is in there as well, Luke Canards, all those guys I talked about. They're all in that mix, um, even though their roster percentage is a little bit higher than some of the cutoffs. Chris Dunn, Nick Batum, Zaire Williams, Cam Whitmore, Simone Fontecchio. I would be happy with Tillman, Dunn, Batum, and Whitmore, probably even in 12 teams as a streamer. Fontecchio and Zaire probably be more 14, but there's just a lot of different options that are opening up um, on the day for Friday. And in terms of points leagues to round this show out, we're going to go with Alex Caruso, Killian Hayes, Paul Reed, Xavier Tillman, Nick Richards, and Andrew Nempart. And that brings me to the end of a daily look-ahead show for Friday. Lots of different things happening. Make sure you're keeping up-to-date with the news. And if you are here over on YouTube, make sure that you are, uh, of course, a double banger. Listen to the audio, hit the video and watch it. Hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.